Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State. With our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday of week two of the Ohio State football season. This is Buckeye Breakdown. I'm Brendan Gulick along with Craig Heisen. We're affiliated with Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site. Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated. In case you haven't seen our work before, we're glad to have you and certainly hope you'll uh, you'll join us throughout the course of the year. We're talking Ohio State and their week two opponent, Arkansas State, today. We're going to start to set some of the expectations around that uh, first cupcake game, I guess, or the, the second week of the season. Uh, and also want to touch a little bit on maybe how things might be a little different nationally as it relates to the perception of the Buckeyes if they would have opened with this game instead of opening with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So we'll keep it to a fairly short pod this morning uh, as we kind of get the uh, get the week off and, and turn the page from looking at Notre Dame to now checking out Arkansas State. You can find all of our work on BuckeyesNow.com. BuckeyesNow on SI is uh, our Twitter handle. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, same thing. And then uh, we certainly would appreciate it if you'd subscribe to our YouTube channel here and support our content that way. Uh, hit the notification bell and, and please join us whenever we go live so we have a chance to interact with you. I would love to take some questions along the way too. Uh, Craig, how are you this morning, man? What's up? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired because I uh, I stayed up too late watching Arkansas State film. And admittedly, I stopped when it was halftime because it was ugly. Um I pride myself on being objective and fair, so I, I'm not going to go off the deep end this morning, but this has a chance to get pretty ugly. Um, it, it definitely does. The opening line of 44, uh, not the highest point spread of all time, but uh, when you see a, that large of a number, it's like, whoa, is this going to be a, a running clock game in the second half, a la a Florida State game back, I want to say, but around 2012, they opened up as a 70 and a half point favorite over a team similar to, to Arkansas State and ended up doing a running clock. So it's uh, 44 is a large number. And and look, let's let's try to be um, reasonable about this. I don't think Arkansas State is as bad as Akron was last year. Um, but I think the Tulsa Golden Hurricane that the Buckeyes saw in, in week three last year is a better football team than Arkansas State. Um, and to me, the, the, the reason why I think this game could get out of hand fairly quickly is because of the play at the line of scrimmage. Um, our Arkansas State has some skill players that are not too bad. They've got a quarterback in James Blackman, who's a Florida State transfer, who's still around in college football. He, How is he still in college? <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, there are a few guys that kind of make you wonder 
how many years of eligibility do you really have? He um, just keeps showing up and no one tells him to leave. So I think he just keeps playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, he uh, he's pretty athletic. Mm-hmm. And let's set set this stage right away here. Arkansas State played Grambling State in week one. Uh, and they they beat the crap out of them, fifty eight to three. But Grambling State is an FCS opponent. Uh, they're out of the out of the swack, and it's basically a team full of JUCO transfers. Um, Hugh Jackson, and as a Browns fan, by the way, watching Hugh Jackson on the sideline lose fifty eight to three and have just this disgusted look on his face. I feel like I've seen that look a time or two. <laughs> yeah, you know that look all too well. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> You know, that Grambling State had more penalty yards than total yards in that mm-hmm. game in week one. They had a couple targeting calls. Um, they couldn't move the ball. In fact, through their first four series, they had negative four yards of offense. So I'm, I'm trying to say all this to try to set the expectation that if you're, a, if you're an Ohio State fan, you're probably naturally thinking, hey, we're playing a non-Power 5 team. This is this is going to get out of hand, and maybe if you do, you know, you do some research early in the week, you think, okay, well, they won fifty-eight to three; they can't stink. Um, I don't want to say that Arkansas State stinks, but the reason they won that game as as impressively, quote unquote, as they did, their offensive line is is pretty big. They're not very athletic. And Grambling State's defensive line was poor. I'm trying to find a really nice way to say this. Grambling State was a terrible team. Um, Skill position-wise, I think Arkansas State has a couple guys that are are pretty decent. Um, Johnny Lang, a kid from Florida who I thought had a really, you know, really good day against Grambling State, keeping the the level of competition – you know, at the front of your mind there, um, he averaged six, I'm sorry, he averaged nine and a half yards per carry uh, in their opener, had 13 carries for 124 yards. And then, of course, they've also got former Ohio State running back out of Tampa, uh, Brian Sneed, who was dismissed, if you remember, from the team after just a couple games back in 2018 uh, over some sexual assault allegations. He was a top 100 recruit, uh, went and played Juco ball for a year, then went to Austin P, and then now Butch Jones is in his second year at Arkansas State is, is kind of giving him a second shot. And there are reasons why when you watch him run, you think like, okay, I can see why this kid was so highly thought of at one point because he's got some burst, he's physical, he runs downhill, he's got a little bit of size. The, the challenge is they didn't see anything in week one from a defensive perspective that they're going to see on Saturday. and the the especially the guard play um <laughs> they've got two guards Jordan Rhodes Arkansas State Jordan Rhodes their right guard is 65350 and Makai Butler their left guard is 63332 some big boys at guard they are <laughs> dude they're they're flat footed and they I, I'm just trying to be nice they can't move Mike Hall is is going to annihilate those two guys when he lines up over the top of them. Teron Vincent's going to have a good day. 
their tackles have not seen anything this year so far, like what they're going to see from a, a speed rush perspective. Um, Football is a game that's won and lost at the line of scrimmage. And it was why I was so impressed with the Buckeyes in, in week one against Notre Dame. And I really think that if, if Ohio State opened with this game, the national story around the Buckeyes would be, yep, just what we thought. The offense scored a bunch of points. They look good. The defense, you know, killed Arkansas State. They look good. Instead, the Buckeyes win 21 to 10 over a top five ranked team who had a really solid offensive and defensive line performance for most of the game. And Ohio State had to learn how to how to win a gritty game. So it, it, to me, it's, it's just all about the line of scrimmage because, the, you know, Blackman's going to be running for his life. He, he, as soon as he gets an, an ounce of pressure, he takes off. Um, they're not going to have any time for anything to develop. And, and I, I just think Ohio State, especially when they're on defense, the Buckeyes are going to have a really, really good day at the line of scrimmage. They are. And Arkansas State last season gave up over 500 yards of offense uh, per game. So uh, for this to – Ideally, as a fan uh, speaking here, it's it's a game where you want to see maybe Kyle McCord or um, Devin Brown play that whole second half. Um, if this if this if we need the starters after halftime, that would be surprising. Um, it's a, it's a game that you want to get out of healthy, not put too much on film, and just kind of use your base stuff to kind of blow this team out and and don't give anything. Uh, a way that's coming down the road this season of, in terms of what you're going to do. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice to see see some of the younger guys get in this game. It's a game that uh, they should get in. Hopefully they do. Um, Brendan, a couple things with Ryan Day speaking today, a couple things um, I'm eager to find out is what what's going on with Julian Fleming? Uh, what is exactly his injury and how long is he going to be out? And then obviously – Top of the list is how how injured is Jackson Smith and Jigba. We've heard all the reports, but would prefer to hear it from the horse's mouth on, on that one. Usually, he's Ryan Day's pretty pretty uh, close ch- uh, close knit, um, close to the best, if you will, um, about injuries. So hopefully, we get a little bit something of, of what's going on with those two. Yeah, guys. and he he was on Big Ten Network yesterday, and I you know it sounded like he basically reiterated you know, what, what you kind of expected to, you know, him to say it was not a lot, it's not a long-term injury. And, you know, the hope is that they would have him quote unquote for next week. I think there could be some value in Jackson playing a series or two, if he's fully healthy, just because the offense was a little out of sync without him. And the reason you play these couple of games is because you're trying to establish that rhythm. But if he's not fully healthy, there's not even a conversation you don't play him because there's no reason for him, you know, to to try to further aggravate uh, an injury when you know you need him starting against the Wisconsin, you know, Badgers coming up here in a couple of weeks. But I, I am hopeful that that JSN is healthy enough that he could at least get on the on the field for a series or two, even though most people are probably going to be like, Hey, why is he out there? You know, we don't need him for that. Uh, and then, yeah, with Julian Fleming, you know, look, I, I when I watched him warm up, he looked okay to me. 
Uh, hard to really know what he was dealing with based on that. We'll try to find that out here uh, here today. Uh, did get a question here about basically how long do you expect the first team guys to stay in the game? I think they will be uh, doing much more rotation this game and have the top players out by halftime. Uh, I I think a lot of the first team guys might be out for the start of the second half, but I don't think you're going to see starters pulled before halftime. I think because Ohio State's offense was a little clunky week one, they're going to keep running that first unit out there during the first half to try to make sure those guys get the valuable reps against another opponent that uh, that they need. Uh, another comment here about Josh Proctor. So Proctor got benched. Hopefully he learns from that whiff on the first play. Knowles isn't playing around. You're right. He's not. Um, Jim Knowles has high expectations. And, you know, the reality was Josh Proctor missed an open field tackle that cost the Buckeyes more than half the length of the field. Um, and then Latham Ransom came in and played really, really well. So, you know, I don't know that Lathan just took Josh's job. I guess we'll find out this weekend how much Proctor plays. Um, but you can't miss tackles. That's that's definitely part of the game. You you, you got to figure out a way to come up with stops when you've got one on one opportunities. A lot of a lot of the Buckeyes were able to do that this week. You know, it's a bad play. It's not going to define Josh's time at Ohio State. Um, but you got to make those kinds of tackles for sure. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Beyond that, uh, I think there were a couple of other things here I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah, the um, the offensive line for Arkansas State was kind of referencing that they're not athletic, <laughs> large in stature, but not athletic. Uh, here's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. They got down to the one-yard line and couldn't score on first and goal. How do you yeah, have yeah. – there's a big boys to be able to get a push for one yard. How do you have a left guard who's 6'5", 350, and a right guard who's 6'3", 332, an offensive line across that averages 325 pounds against an FCS team, and you can't get one yard on first and goal? That's what I'm talking about. They, they, they're not explosive. They don't move well. When James Blackman was able to get the ball to his receiver or his running back on a little swing pass quickly, their speed took over and they picked up big chunks of yardage. Um, but it was a rough go if you start thinking about what they're gonna, you know, what they're gonna be facing with Ohio State's uh, offensive and defensive line. Go, go back and watch Donovan Jackson, Week One against Notre Dame. First career start for for Ohio State's left guard, Donovan Jackson was moving people. 
He really, really looked good. He would be the best offensive lineman on Arkansas State, and it's not even a conversation. And he's not as big as several of the guys that are there. Could be a tough day. It's going to be a long one up front for them. Yeah. Uh, A couple quick things here, and then we'll kind of wrap up, like I said, a a shorter pod today. Um, You know, Jim Knowles and and the defense – with the idea they were trying to stop the run as quickly as they did against Notre Dame and thinking back to something Ronnie Hickman said to us last week, referencing that guys had not been getting to his level of the, you know, of the defense untouched as often in practice. That's how he knew progress was being made up front. Well, Ohio state only allowed on average 1.2 yards before contact per rush against Notre Dame, which is one of their better uh, performances on the ground since the start of 2021. Um, I thought there were a lot of instances where Tyler Buckner was scrambling before a play really had a chance to develop, and that may have actually made that number look slightly more favorable uh, for for the Irish. Um you know, if you if you're running just over one yard before somebody makes contact with you, in general as a defense, you got a pretty good chance to to have a good day. Uh, so I thought that was a, certainly an impressive uh, impressive way to kind of recap Ohio State's rush defense there. Yeah, back to that the Josh Proctor point. After he missed that tackle, I was looking at the snap counts, um, rewatching the game. It was Ronnie Hickman had 50, Cam McAllister was 49. Ransom was 46, Proctor had five, and Martinez had one, Cam Martinez. So, yeah, that's definitely going to be a question that comes up today to Coach Day about is is Latham the starter now? Is Proctor going to start again week two and see how that plays out and how that rotation is going to work? Yeah, and, and, you know, the reality is that they're probably going to be able to play a little bit of depth. So it's not about who is playing, period to me as much as it is who's getting the more meaningful snaps early in the game. I, I think you'll see a little more Cam Martinez this week. Um, I would expect you're going to see, you know, Chip Trainum get some time at, at linebacker later in the game. Um, sure feels like Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers and Cody Simon are the three linebackers that that Jim Knowles trusts. Uh, and Chip Trainum is is got to be right there in that conversation for the next guy off the bench. And he certainly made his – made his mark on special teams with that, you know, season opening tackle on, uh, on the kickoff coverage unit. So uh, we'll get into some, some predictions and whatnot later in the week, but I will spoil this one up front. I think the Buckeyes are going to have a special teams touchdown this week. I think this is finally the week that it's going to happen. Everybody loves a good special teams touchdown. We'll find out. We will see. That's my, uh, that's my, I don't want to call it too bold because it's, if you watch the tape, it doesn't feel that bold. Arkansas State special teams team was not great, but I think this could be a week. I don't know if it'll be a kick or a punt, but I do think it'll be. Uh, uh, I do think it, that there's a pretty good chance that can happen this week. All right, um, yeah. Last thing, just want to ask you your opinion on on the expectation nationally around this team and how how you think things might be different if this was the week one game. Uh, like the Buckeyes, you know, last year had their better opponent week two. What do you think? If Arkansas State's week one, I think they they obviously put it on them pretty good. Do they cover the 44 spread? I don't know. Um, but 
Sure hope so. Um, but coming out of that game, assuming they, they win big, it's, it's hey, look, it's the same offense as last year. It's hard to tell what we have on defense because it was Arkansas State. So that, that would be the storyline coming out of a big-time win um, if this was week one. So to have the defense kind of uh, have the game they did the first game, it's time for the offense to get that rhythm uh, this second game and getting ready for that Wisconsin game. So um, the uh, same question to you is, is that is that the narrative you think would would be coming out? Hey, hey hard to tell what they have new on defense because it's it's Arkansas State. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, when I look at people like Colin Cowherd, for example, and, and the way he, you know, he put something out on Twitter along the lines of like Ohio State is is not at the same level of Georgia and Alabama. You know, Alabama looked like Alabama, but they did it against Utah State. You know, it's uh, fine. It, that's to me, that's not that's not going to blow me away, even though, yeah, they ran the ball completely and totally at will. I'm far more interested to see what Alabama does this week against Texas, uh, who's not ranked, but should be a way more talented team than what they saw last week. Um, I was pretty darn impressed with Georgia. I mean, for them to to just pound Oregon the way they did, you know, I'm I'm still trying to learn a little bit about this Georgia defense with so many new faces after last year's group was arguably one of the best defenses in the history of college football um, with so many new guys playing critical roles. They suffocated an Oregon team that, you know, I think has a pretty decent chance to compete for a, a you know, a, a conference championship again this year. Um, Georgia looked really, really good. So, look, if, if Ohio State would have played Arkansas State week one, I would expect the Buckeyes would hang 50 points on them and um, the defense the defense would have looked good, but I don't know how, how it would have changed national perception because the expectation is you should play like that. Instead, they held the top five opponent to 10 points, and, and by the way, they shut them out in the second half. Um, so I, I feel like it was maybe better that Ohio State played Notre Dame week one because now you've, you feel like you learned a little bit more about this team than, uh, than you would have otherwise. So that's where I stand on that. All right, that'll wrap up again a, a short show here on, uh, on Tuesday of Arkansas State Week. We've got some fun plans coming for you. I've got a, a good guest lined up for later in the week. We're going to talk with Joshua Perry, former Ohio State Buckeye, who is actually going to be on the call this week for uh, Big Ten Network. Uh, I think it will be the first, I'm pretty sure it's his first game uh, calling an Ohio State game as he's kind of moved from studio coverage to game coverage this year. Uh, so looking forward to a visit with him and uh, we'll get his perspective on how things are going with, you know, with, with the Buckeyes as he has chances to kind of talk behind the scenes with some of the coaches and, and players in the program as well. So looking forward to visit with him here this week as well. For Craig Heisen, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for tuning in this morning to Buckeye Breakdown. Please check out BuckeyesNow.com for all the latest on the team. Ryan Day's press conference, we'll have that streaming live for you today around 12 noon. Uh, and then we'll give you a Buckeye report to let you know what we learned about uh, about the Buckeyes here after they wrap up. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you get the latest content there as well. Have a great rest of the day. Go Bucks, and, and we'll talk to you soon.